0: What's going on, everybody? And thank you so much for tuning back into the channel. So today I'm excited to have author Cameron Johnston. Join me, Cameron. How are you doing today?
1: Hello. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thanks. It's good hey. to be here.
0: Yeah, it's, it's. I'm glad to have you. Uh, I know we've been meaning to do this for quite a while. So uh, why yeah, not do one it of before these, you watch One of these book?
1: things, we've been stalking each other and twisting a bit saying, hello. I'll come on sometime
0: it's kind of like shouting over the valley you know hey how's it going and, uh, two weeks later hey how's it going
1: <laughs> it's like well, yeah. one of these things you go you go to conventions and um you don't really know people and you're you stand talking to them for like like an hour or something and then you realize you know each other very well off twitter <laughs> you see a twitter name somewhere and you're like oh it's
0: you yeah oh, you're that guy. yeah <laughs> absolutely well uh, so um you you kind of have a book coming out soon so you get, yeah are you get excited are you anxious what what's what how, how are you feeling about that
1: well it's it's out in six days so i'm um, I'm kind of approaching the panic stage <laughs> <laughs> where I've, I've had a few reviews back once so uh a few <laughs> it's that you know you never quite know how people are going to receive your book uh, I was pretty sure people were going to love it because I, I had so much fun writing it that I thought you know readers would also have a lot of fun reading it at least right. that's what I hoped <laughs> um yeah so six days and now I'm like oh my god it's it's going to be released to the public like a w- wild beast
0: <laughs> right it's not it's not just a blogger's hands anymore you know it's, yeah it's in the wild <laughs> yeah I know um I know Arun from my blog I mean like read it I think as soon as he got uh, an ebook so he, mm-hmm. he and he loved it so I was like, well, excellent. I mean, if he loved it, he's he's a little bit harsher of a critic than most people on my blog or most people that. Well, done, he's so. got excellent like,
1: taste. What can I say?
0: Hey, there you go. <laughs> For sure. So, um, I just kind of, you know, like I always do, I want to start out, you know, asking you, tell me about yourself. Tell me, you know, did you read a lot growing up? Was was reading mm-hmm. not a thing that you did until you got into <laughs> your teens? Uh, you know, how did you get into writing? And maybe who were some of your influences?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Fire away where do you want to start
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah just go ahead and start you know just yeah. growing up and then you know. yeah you sure know
1: well I'm, um i'm currently a level 41 human from scotland <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i was yeah D- did i read or did i not i was a library kid <laughs> <laughs> i was one of those kids that, that w- they went in and came out with like an, an armload of 10 books at a time and then went back in next week you know <laughs> I think my mum was sick of taking me up to the library. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, I suppose partly I write fantasy because my mum and dad used to take me uh, all over Scotland, um, visiting castles, ancient sites, all that sort of thing. Um, when, you, when you pair that with reading, you know, like Dragonlance, because uh, that, that was that was massive when uh, when I was growing up uh, and watching all the old swashbuckling films, you know, like mm. Errol Flynn and, and the black and whites, and all jumping about in tights, for sword fighting. Oh, you know, knights, swords, and then you've got dragons. Excellent! Yeah, I'm in, all in.
0: <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Um, so, so who would you you know who would you say are like the the Authors that you read, like these were these staples, I guess, growing up oh, that uh, that you've stayed with.
1: Yeah, uh, Robert E. Howard, um, Conan, um, that was a big influence. Um, started off with the comics, um, Savage Sword of Conan. Uh, absolutely loved them. Uh, Dragonlands I've mentioned. Um, there was also Fighting Fantasy and Lone Wolf books, but yeah, you know, you choose your own adventure. Mm. Absolutely loved those um oh, forgotten realms books Salvatore, yeah yeah you know all, all the classics i gotcha <laughs> wizard of Earthsea, all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff uh michael moorcock was a big influence um the elric stories in Corum, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant um and then um i can't remember what age i was pro- probably about 14 when i discovered hp lovecraft Okay. Uh, f- first time i f- had a big big fat omnibus book um first time i read it it was uh, there was a storm that was lashing scotland so the the rain was rattling the windows and i'm sitting with my torch under the covers <laughs> reading this book and it, the feeling the feeling of that just just stayed with me and um, kind of cosmic horror um, mm-hmm. like when you visit like a like an ancient stone circle or something every time I'm kind of wandering about the grounds looking at there's always a part of me going hmm I wonder why this was built what, what's it containing you know <laughs> <laughs> is, is this a seal in some eldritch horror underneath the earth somewhere
0: right right yeah there's something there's something about you know the way weather is going you know depending on the book that you read is, is it kind of mm. gets you in the mood uh, It was funny I was talking to Ian Green uh, about a week ago uh, which fellow fellow Scotland uh but um know, he was reading an excerpt from from his upcoming book uh the fist and the gauntlet or the gauntlet and the fifth fist beneath and uh it just so happened to be like storming in the background like thundering behind Mm -hmm. me and he was reading (laughs) about a storm and i'm like i could get into this
1: (laughs) yeah it really it really does add something doesn't it yeah Uh, absolutely it's why you always want to read ghost stories in the winter you know no no one wants to be sitting in the sunshine reading a ghost story Somehow it doesn't quite yeah it doesn't quite work. No, it it's doesn't. Like, it's like people uh paranormal uh exploring haunted houses. You mm. know they don't want to do it during the daytime.
0: No, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I've always wondered like why beach reads always tend to be like thrillers. Uh, you, yeah. know, so, you know a lot of people do read like fantasy and science fiction. I guess as beach reads too, depending on uh you know your your genre of choice. But I feel yeah. like your know, thrillers are always like the ones that like you see is like the summer reads list and I feel like uh, yeah, page turners, the summer. yeah 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 mm. so I, I guess that's because like you know eventually you're gonna get tired of the heat and want to go in so you want something quick
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I, I think I think my ideal fantasy reads is I, mean, I don't I don't actually have an open fire, but you know I'd love an open fire like if I'm on holiday or something have an open fire um you know like a, a cold ale or a whiskey sitting in front of the fire reading your fantasy book yeah <laughs> <sighs>
0: God, that sounds wonderful. Is it winter yet? <laughs> can, can it stop being? It's, it's too outside? warm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, tell me uh, a little bit about writing. So, did you write a lot growing up, or did you kind of find writing a little bit later uh, in your years?
1: Um, I think I think I start it off just making up my own stories in my head you know like um playing with my transformers and things like that making mm-hmm. up these these epic stories and then uh, eventually started writing li- little bits and pieces down and then you have to write stories in school write a story about a radio station oh wait there's a giant monster <laughs> you know there's always ways to subvert those kind of stories and teachers just like <sighs> but yeah so <laughs> this kid yeah <laughs> Start, started off doing little bits and pieces, you know, don't really know what you're doing. Um, mm. It was kind of my mid 20s. I had my first go at a novel, you know, one that got past 20,000 words. Um, so I wrote two novels, which will never see the light of day for obvious reasons. Just horrible. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, about 11 years ago now, I was like, I need to take this seriously. I, I actually want to get, get a book finished and published. So I joined a local writer circle um did a whole bunch of short stories uh honed my skills learned self-editing and then when I decided the time was right and I kind of knew what I was doing I was like right it's time right that has been bursting out for the last year and a half and then I uh yeah I just wrote that up sent it off to agents and then got picked up uh anger robot snapped it up and that became the traitor god
0: okay yeah you know it's, it's always interesting hearing you know the the, the, the journey that writers take you know I don't a lot of writers I talk to you they don't always join or they don't talk about joining writers groups or, mm-hmm. or going to uh conventions like craft conventions and stuff like that so do you feel like that that really really helped you in your journey of like kind of honing your prose
1: oh immeasurably um because uh, the writers group I'm in ha- does have professional writers in as well um people in Hal Duncan Gary Gibson uh, william king was in it you know people like that as long as as well as a lot of people you've you've never heard of who write absolutely amazing fiction um so yeah it's uh i, I learned as much critiquing their work as i did from having my own work critiqued because yeah. it's easier to critique someone else's <laughs> right you've got so many blind spots on your own and people go oh yeah, there's this bit and this bit and you can fix them doing that and they're saying, of course why didn't i think of that and if you if you go along long enough you story you're, you're about to submit and you go ah well you know Neil's going to say this about that so I'd better fix that yeah <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like you're, you're you're channeling your colleagues to look at your own fiction through their eyes mm-hmm. see what's wrong with it um but one of the main things I took out of it was just the writing community is I, I didn't know anyone writing online um so yeah so you meet up you, you do the critique session then you go to the pub afterwards and the person that gets their story ripped apart gets a pint bought for them, so or a cup of tea. There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which
1: is a good hey. way to do it, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's I guess it's motivation at that point. Is like, okay, yeah, we ripped ripped to shreds, but you're also going to get a drink on us. <laughs> yeah, and
1: you're all you're all in it together. Um, you're all supporting each other, and it 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 just it just keeps you writing. You don't kind of start despairing that you're never going to get better. Because there's always ways to get better. We're submitting more stories, critiquing, critiquing more work, and all, it all kind of adds up. Mm. Uh, plus, when you got your first convention, um, which was Board Fantasy Corps in Brighton in 2013, in my case, that was about 12. I was from Glasgow, in Scotland. All went down to Eng- the south of England. So uh, you know, didn't didn't know anyone else there, but I I knew my local peeps.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of looking around, like looking for a for a familiar face. So
1: it's uh it's, it's quite nerve-wracking when I mean, there's, there's several thousand people in this this massive hotel you know like in the, and then you have got people like um joe abercrombie terry pratchett robin hobb and i'm just like oh <laughs> i'm just this little wannabe author you know <laughs>
0: i'm just a fan i'm just a fan at this point uh, I, I don't <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna
1: come gawk at people <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so you know um w- went to the little cafe clutches with like joe abercrombie and robin hobb and stuff and it's like i'm sitting in a room with them oh. <laughs> yeah this
0: is really happening
1: <laughs> yeah and then um it was just the other year there I was, I was i was sitting on a panel next to joe abercrombie so you know and i was just like wow okay that's progress
0: yeah is but- I feel good. I've made it. Okay, thanks.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I've made it to some extent, you know.
0: <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, sitting next to everyone here, I, I feel like you've made it, <laughs> especially especially in the fantasy community. So, yeah, um, well,
1: it's, it's it's still really weird to me, you know. It's yeah, you know, I've got, I've got I've got I've got I've got a book out. I've got three books out. How did this happen? When did this happen?
0: Right. <laughs> Um, so, t- talk to me about your your writing process. So, how has it changed since you know your your early iterations to you know when you when you first started really sitting down to do the Traitor God. You know, did did you did you plot everything out? Did you did you pants write it? And have you changed since that book to writing the Maleficent Seven?
1: See, I, I love questions like this because inevitably three quarters of the authors will turn and go, "We're supposed to have a process." Well, I just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, um, uh, I think part of writing a book is learning how, how you write a book because you can listen to everyone else talking about, oh, you need to plot this out or, you know, I, I don't plot anything. I just I just pants it. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's so many pitfalls in that. Um, I found uh, if I plotted out an entire novel, I've got no interest in writing it. Mm. Absolutely none. Just kills all the joy. But on the other hand, if, if I just completely pants it and make it up as I go, that was the problems I had when I was first starting to write novels. After about 20,000 words, it just peters out and I don't know where to go. So I'm, I'm kind of in between a little bit. Um, I call it kind of scaffolding. So I, I've got a start, I've got an end that I want to hit, and I've got a couple of major points along the way that I want to hit. And I find it gives me enough structure to keep me on track, but mm-hmm. gives me a, enough leeway to you know go off-road a bit and explore and have fun. So that that really worked for me. Um, I, I kind of learned that as I was writing Creator God, uh, and all, all came together just just perfectly in the Maleficent Seven.
0: I gotcha. Yeah, I, I like I like that term scaffolding. I think in the US we're mm. going to call it drywalling. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go ahead and coin it. <laughs> it
1: it's it's just something that, that that worked for me. It's enough of one and enough of the other. Just nice nice middle of the road way to go.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I, I know a lot of authors that will start one way and then change and, and then they'll go back to the original, depending on like mm. the book. It's just like, really, it's a feeling yeah. like, you know, does this feel right? Am I getting, am I getting where yeah. I want to be? You know, 70 it's just,
1: days I, I, don't, I don't want to finish a book and then go, you know what, that last 50,000 words, I need to scrap that and redo oh. it. And I'm like, no. Oh, oh
0: stab. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't, don't have enough time to do that. Yeah. so a, a, a little bit of structure keeps me on track you know I, I might have to change bits and pieces chop and change some chapters and things mm-hmm. but i don't have to cut a book or something yeah so,
0: so so are you uh, are you one that uh would you enjoy having to add words rather than take away or do you would you rather take oh, away words
1: I, I i frequently do my first draft which is, is probably more like draft 3.5 by the time I've finished that. Um, I, I then go back and start fleshing scenes out, adding in de- details, you know, like um, clothing, food, smells, um, some description of scenes and people. So I, I find it usually adds X number of thousand words mm-hmm. when I, I'm going to go back through it anyway. I got
0: it, Tom. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always curious because, you know, I've, I've spoken to a couple of us that are like, yeah, like, I sent it in, I thought it was perfect, and then I had to add like 30,000 words, and I go, Oh my mm. gosh, like you had to add a couple of novellas, I'm like no thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, of course, you've, you've got the people that submit massive uh, 250,000 word tomes to people, and they're like, Oh, you need to keep you cut 100,000 of that.
0: And yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what words did I use way too much? Let's just cut all those out. <laughs> <laughs> cut it <laughs> yeah exactly so um as far as as far as your your fiction that you've written uh why did you i guess choose to go like the kind of the dark fantasy route um is that just what you just enjoyed reading so that's what you wanted to write about or is it did, did you want to start with like more of like a high fantasy and it just kind hmm. of went down a dark road <laughs>
1: well i think in all honesty it's a react to the the big fat epic fantasies I used to read in the in you know 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. uh, farm boy heroes are just just too good to be believable and then you've got the ooh, the the dark lords who are just evil you know gosh
0: with the mustaches
1: yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I just I found the farm boys not not as interesting as the villains mm. And then of course came that that whole kind of wave of morally gray um characters coming in and then i went back and reread conan reread elric and whatnot and they, again they were that kind of are they good or are they self-serving you, you, you know the kind of seesaws that are on that line mm-hmm. and i thought that's the kind of thing i want i want to write i, I don't want to write about goody two shoes you know yeah i want to write about people that have problems and failings and sometimes do the wrong thing and yeah um so and then of yeah, course, i went a bit darker than that and i started writing about actual villains
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it. it you know I, i'm sitting here i'm, li- I'm listening you know,
1: people like loki from the mcu yeah Single. and he's not <laughs> villains <are> interesting
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well see i'm i'm going through like uh, we're doing a read through of the wheel of time for the show that's coming out mm-hmm. and i'm also going back and listening to the first law and so it's it's such a massive dynamic, like, difference mm-hmm. in dynamic, because, you know, you're doing the farm boy with Wheel of Time. Yeah, uh, And then with Abercrombie, you know, is Logan figures like, actually good at all, period? Is there anybody in that story that's actually mm-hmm. believable? I mean, but what's so funny is Glock does my favorite character. Like, oh, I, absolutely, I love yeah. every single I, chapter I think he's, he's most in.
1: people's favorite character.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, he's <laughs> horrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But you know what I've I've always said you, you don't have to have likable characters or even relatable just make them interesting yeah and yeah. you know I'll happily read an interesting character if they're horrible
0: absolutely oh yeah Jorg from uh you know Broken Empire yeah I mean absolutely. Like, my gosh I I'd read it all you know all day every day um but yeah <laughs> and, and I feel like you know and this is this is probably you know not true of you know an actual true statement but you know i feel like there's a lot of characters now that you can really pick out of stories that you can really connect with i think authors are really honing in on like really how to get you enthralled with their with their yeah. protagonists like mm-hmm. pretty early on um you know like just a couple of examples i mean i just finished uh the hand of the sun king by jt great house oh, okay. uh, another yeah. one uh dragon mage by ml spencer mm-hmm. uh the pariah by anthony right i mean like they it's like from the first couple of pages they're like okay I think you're going to like this character and you just like just go along with them on their journey the entire yeah, time yeah. uh and, you know well, I don't know if that's like a just a thing that's happened you know recently I say recently like in the last decade or has that been a thing for years
1: yeah but see it does seem to be increasingly so um I think a lot of, a lot of books used to be heavily plot driven whereas now I think there's there's a lot of them. um I think Robin Hobb taught me that when I was reading the Farseer series. Because, mm. you know, um, I've I've always said she's the master of the emotional gut punch. Because you're like, oh, Fitz, Fitz, finally something good's happened to Fitz. And then, oh, <laughs> she, she makes you care about him
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then just punishes you for it. Yeah. In, in all the best ways.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's what I've heard. Anybody that talks about her series is mm-hmm. like, they're like they're, they always have the crying emoji you know when they're talking about it it's <laughs> just like oh my gosh she just makes you feel so much
1: <laughs> well that, that's just that she makes you feel mm-hmm. you know there's, there's there's lots of books i've enjoyed but i don't actually feel terribly much about the characters it's just mm-hmm. you know it's an entertaining read it's, it's a good plot it's an interesting world but i think the best the best ones make you care about the characters
0: yeah, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of like action-packed books don't have that feeling because you're kind of jumping between a lot of characters. At that point, you're, it's just mm-hmm. all about action and so there's no backstory. Yeah. There's no reason to like really want to get behind this person. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of my go-to is is character-driven novels. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love action. I love intrigue and world building and all that. But you know, if if there's a character that doesn't grab me, you know, pretty early on, I'm probably gonna go to the next thing. Unless it's yeah. like a thriller or something, I usually just like to find the hook and see if I can guess it by the end. You yes. know? So, But yeah, it, you know, I, I, have, I have all different kinds of genres that are palate cleansers from fantasy forever. Yeah. I ever just feel like I'm it's, not getting into it.
1: It's, it's how I've started thinking about approaching books, uh, come up with a character, and then, mm-hmm. then come up with the plot, and, and then the world after that. And uh, so a lot of people start world building and then try and fit the characters in. I, I kind of do it in reverse. Mm -hmm. i think of an interesting character and then kind of build things around them because i like that character and i want to write about that character and that situation
0: or or seven characters
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that was a bit of a jump (laughs) (laughs) so the the traitor god and god of wrong things they're um the single point of view so um i did find it a little bit frustrating in places because everything Mm -hmm. because the main character is not there so I have to kind of uh, give you that information some other way so with the Maleficent 7 I have of course come up with seven main points of views and multiple minor points of view so I've gone completely the other way you can see everything
0: (laughs) you've gone mad
1: (laughs) no No, I I didn't just go you know what I'll have two or three characters no (laughs) seven and let's make them all all horrible villains as well So you know, take easy route, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of which, can you can you tell us a little bit about um, the Age of Tyranny, your 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 first duology with Angry Robot? Tell us you know a little bit about what it's about, uh, and and this this main character that you've written behind. Yeah,
1: um, so he is a he's a mage, and uh, unlike most of the other mages, his special ability is uh, getting into people's heads. So uh, he, he likes to call himself a mancer, you know, to be polite, but really <laughs> he's just going in your head, he's mucking about with your memories, um, telling you to do things or forget things. Um, and he, he's kind of re- reviled because of that. Um, uh, he faked his death and, uh, and, and left the city for. Uh, he discovers that his uh, best friend he left behind has been horrifically murdered. Mm. So he's he's returning home to investigate this murder and uh, this discovers this horrible threat to the uh, the entire city. So it's 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 a bit of a genre mashup between um, you know like film noir kind of uh, investigation and uh, epic fantasy. Okay. So yeah, big monsters, big magic. How I describe it.
0: I like that. Um, and then uh, how about your, your upcoming release, the Maleficent 7? So you're going from one yes. to seven on seven, top of minor yep. characters. <laughs> absolutely.
1: And, uh, and whereas Edwin Walker and the, and the Traitor God, he was, he was that kind of anti-hero kind of, kind of character. These are just outright villains. Just absolutely horrible people. You know, so you've, you've got a um, dread demonologist, Black Heron. She's the general who abandoned her army in evil total to conquest. You've got a vampire, Lord Murfell. He's a slave Lord of Fade's Reach who was driven out by, uh, by the enemy army. You've got a cold-hearted necromancer, Maven, who's uh, scarred and scornful. Uh, you've got Orc Chieftain, a Mogkadak, who's uh, bold and brash and brutal and has a rather large axe. You've got a fallen war god, Tionach, who's uh, intruded and callous, and he's the god of a slain people. Then you've got a twisted alchemist, Jeric Hayden, who views humans as, well, just sloppy machines, really. <laughs> And then you've got a pirate queen, A. Weldon, who's uh, the scourge of the seas. So um, out- outright villains, each and every one, although some are more human than others. Uh, just a- absolutely enormous fun. Um, seven characters all kind of riffing off each other and, you know, backstabbing or trying to stop themselves from backstabbing. <laughs>
0: I got you. What so a- that- Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that the, the plot is is basically um, four years ago, black hair and just abandoned her army. Uh, but now uh, there's a fanatical new faith that's sweeping the land and it's uh, encroaching on the town where she's been living, making a home for the last 40 years. So to stand against this army, she has to reunite with all her old captains and persuade them to fight with her one last time.
0: I got you. So what made you... Uh... Decide to just go from go go for the villains' point of view, like what you know. Why why no heroes? I've been wanting
1: to write a story about a dark lord for probably twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've always wrote reading these books and then finding like the you know the dark lord characters. Oh, they've it must have a really fascinating backstory that I want to know more about. I just find them more interesting than heroes. Mm-hmm. Just just like we were talking about with uh, MCU's Loki earlier. Just you know, fascinating characters. Um, don't have to be outright monsters to be villains right uh, just you know twist, twisted morals or slightly tweaked and obviously the, um, the heroes and the victors are the ones that, that write the histories mm-hmm. so uh, i've want, wanted to write a story about the dark lord's point of view for a long time but for some reason the seven just popped into my head and i was like oh I, I could do a take on uh, you know seven samurai or magnificent seven but they're all villains protecting a town How how twisted could that get quick twisted
0: right <laughs> i gotcha yeah you know i've, I've always been interested in, and i've talked to a lot of people and we can't really figure out what it would be but you know we always see what happens after the the hero defeats the villain but you know mm-hmm. what happens after the villain defeats the hero like what's left like you know you, well, you yeah. think of the whole thanos thing like <laughs> he just wanted to like hang out in a hut like what what yeah. is the point in destroying everybody when there's nothing left like what are you gonna Mm -hmm. do like binge watch netflix like what like what is it yeah (laughs) what's what's the answer So so you
1: you know you've got like all your mini bosses mm
0: -hmm. and and,
1: like books, so you know like the the lieutenant of the the evil dark lord that you know is is a bit of a character. what's their motivations why are they doing what they're doing all all, all this kind of stuff is the stuff i'm reading going i want to know yeah so yeah i just wrote about all of that
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah take all you know, these
1: fantasy archetypes and just play with them
0: right yeah because you know it's like you know so do, do they you know do they turn into a hero at some point because there's somebody worse than them that like comes along like is that mm-hmm. is that is that a path that they go to because i just i don't know that many paths because it hasn't really been done so it's interesting that you mm-hmm. decided to do seven of them and one go <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and they're supposed to protect us how instead of destroy it and they're like what what's happening here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the table the tables have officially turned. Um, yeah. you was know, funny. Uh, I feel like Angry Robot, uh, at least at least for a couple of novels, has, has decided to really go like that no hero route. Cause you know, they had The Coward mm-hmm. by Stephen Arian that came yes. out. Yes. Excellent uh, book. Yeah. So so I'm like, so so you know, so what's next? is there is there gonna be another anti-hero novel that comes out soon? You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's it's a it's a really interesting uh path yeah, that I've uh, uh, kind of done this summer. Uh,
1: I feel, I feel like I've done the anti-hero thing. You know, it's, it's nice to just go for outright villains. <laughs> but um, one of the things I wanted to avoid was, I, I've read a few kind of Grimdart books that are just um, humorless, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're very serious. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what I want to write. Yeah. Um, so so there's, there's actually a lot of humor in The Maleficent Seven. I mean, who says bad guys can't be funny? You know, especially when they're, you know, riffing off each other and, you know, snapping each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, Absolutely. so there's a lot of black humor in the book and um, there's, a, there's a lot of characters just playing off each other, which uh, I had so much fun writing.
0: <laughs> I got so did you come up with all seven characters? You, you You mentioned, you know, wanting to have a character and then build everything around it. Did you come up with all mm-hmm. seven before you really started diving into the world and its machinations? not
1: quite i had I had ideas of say, archetypes that could include so i, I, I went off with uh, black heron who's who's a grandmother demonologist so um, she, she has a, a small army of demons but she you know she's also got a family and that's the character i started off with and then i was like well if i'm going to have a demonologist i'm going to have a vampire and a necromancer And then I was like, right, okay, I had a lot of choices as to kind of, um, you know, kind of fantasy races I could include, Um, do I go like a, you know, a dark knight or something like that. And I was like, yeah, let's put an orc in. So I put an orc war leader in. And she she just once I'd made that decision she she just popped out entirely complete complete with her voice and it was it was just excellent and you know she's just looking askance at human society and just bewildered at what 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 we and what they are doing just it, it doesn't really compute to her <laughs> and following that there was uh Tjernak, who was just like this kind of um, fallen war god who's um, he's he's essentially kind of like a a Scottish border reaver so his clan used to come down from the hills to the towns and villages you know kill people nick all their stuff in, unless they're paid a tie to go away and he's he's lost his people um so he, he's like a a, bro, a broken man he, mm-hmm. he's the he's the drunkard um he has to try and hold himself back up for one one last fight against the enemy that took everything from so yeah um and then the, the alchemist and the pirate queen followed that
0: okay yeah i was, I was curious because i mean i was like that's that's a lot of characters to come up with. yeah like, you really yeah. <laughs> you really start diving <laughs> into the to the to the big stuff so um so uh do you have any any other books planned inside of this this world or is this is this kind of just one and done for now and then maybe come back to well, it later i think it
1: for me it was just an individual standalone story because um you know it, it's that one protecting the tower scene I, I don't think it really requires anything else mm-hmm. um I, I mean there are little bits and pieces that are that are left at the end of the book so you know people can continue the story on in their heads if they if they want to imagine that but there's you know there's no cliffhanger everything's resolved done and dusted I I, I i like giving people a complete story in one book
0: mm-hmm. okay um so uh tell me have you read anything recently that you'd recommend
1: oh well there's uh, rj barker's new series bone ships absolutely fantastic um peter mclean war for the rose throne superb absolutely superb and uh, i've just started reading uh, anna steven's new book the stone knife okay and yeah just just absolutely fascinating so okay. i would recommend those
0: those are some fantastic recommendations yeah i yeah. i definitely agree on on bone chips and uh actually priest of gallows was phenomenal oh, uh it's like my favorite absolutely of the series fantastic. so far and of course like as soon as i finish it he's like oh yeah priest of crowns is done but yeah i need to i need to read the stone knife um i've got it on audio uh i just haven't around to it's you know it's just one of those things where like it wasn't really released in the u.s so it was hard to kind of kind of get it going but yeah l- luckily they released the, the audit the audiobook here so i was able to grab it but um yeah fantastic recommendation so uh I, I can see the cover in the background can you can you show us up close uh seven oh, hey, look at that gorgeous cover there we go, there we go. Oh, yeah very nice so yeah <laughs> beloved since seven comes out on august 10th yeah. so ah oh, so close
1: I know it's it was...
0: <laughs> don't be nervous it's gonna be great <laughs> oh, man, you, you can't, can't
1: please everyone but so yeah. far people seem to be getting what, what I've been doing um, you just out and out over the top entertainment
0: right there you go you, you can't you can't ask for much more you you hope you hope, yeah, you to hope to they they can, they can you know Catch one character and, and talk about them a little bit, but you know, as long as as long as they enjoy it and have a good time while we'll, we'll reading. Yeah, there's
1: him. a couple of people that, that have said, "Oh, this this bit's gory," and then and then they've immediately laughed in the next paragraph. So I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm doing something right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Discuss people, and make them laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Cameron, uh, thank you so much for for coming and chatting with me today. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Best of luck with the publication of Maleficent Seven. Uh, Best of luck in your future ventures uh, with with your novels to come. Uh, And we'll definitely have to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you later. You too. Bye.